podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven. While the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook, just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A dot com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala dot com. Welcome to a Celtic state of mind. Yes, I have left the studio. I was in yesterday. Amy, I am Paul John Dykes. You are, of course, Amy Canavan. And we will be trying to dissect where it all went wrong yesterday for Celtic. Uh, Before we went into the game, Alan and I were talking about if we win this game, do we go on and win a treble? Does it give us that bounce, that momentum? And I absolutely thought it would have done. Big disappointment after 120 minutes of play, Amy. And we're going to go through... Um, each individual section of that uh, failure to beat Rangers at Hamden yesterday. Uh, the tagline, reasons why Scottish Cup exit doesn't derail Celtic's title charge. But we're also, so we're going to be looking at some of these positives, Amy, but we're also going to be looking at, um, we're also going to be looking at the fact that Bobby Madden had, in the words of Chris Sutton, um, he was embarrassing himself. Um, Chris went on to say that Bobby Madden turned in one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen in Scotland for a long time. So yeah, we're running a poll on that on the YouTube. Uh, at the moment, after 70 votes, 72% reckon that Celtic should call Bobby Madden out for his performance. We'll, we'll get into that, Amy. You haven't even had a chance to talk. That was an introduction for a minute and a half. Um, how was your weekend and what did you make overall of yesterday's performance? Um, it was really disappointing, I think, more than anything, and surprising. Um, disappointing, surprising. It's weird. I think Celtic never deserved to win the game at all. And I don't know, well, I do know the last time that was Bodo Glimp. But other than that, like domestically, I don't know the last time that happened for Celtic. Yeah. Hence the remarkable runs that have all came to an end tomorrow. The Hamden run, the 13-game domestic game eh, run, all of those kind of amazing runs um, and, and that's the reason and I think that's why everything's quite flat, mellow right now because it just kind of crept upon us rather unexpectedly especially when it came from such the emphatic victory last weekend and I understand it's two totally different ends of the scale and it's two completely different magnitudes of game but we've really praised Ange Postacoglu in that he's he and his players have approached every single game that has the most important, no matter who is in front. But yesterday there was just never really got going, never mm. came flying out the traps. Um, getting to half time at nil nil, it still felt like right, Celtic haven't really troubled Rangers here, but it's okay because this was kind of a, a part of Ange Postacoglu's play earlier on that 
it came in two, there's been kind of two halves that either Celtic came flying out the traps and had a, an amazing opening 45, or it would sometimes then take about an hour for Celtic to kick in. And then I thought, right, maybe that is just going to be the case this time. Um, bigger pitch and whatnot. But there wasn't any really, any time that I felt Celtic were in complete control. And saying that when they got the goal, I did feel a little bit relaxed, but perhaps that was more naivety more than anything else. Um, but and from that, I think it was more because I didn't even think that Rangers were that up to. I don't think either side were that great. Um, I think there's been a lot saying that, you know, that was a classic Celtic Rangers game. I don't think it was. I think it was very open, but I think it was two teams kind of holding back a little bit. And it wasn't, it was end to end, but without real any quality in the middle. Um, so I think disappointing and surprising is probably the two biggest takeaways from that for me. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the Bodo Glint game because I feel there were quite a few similarities. We went into that game thinking that we could progress. Yeah. Um, if you go back to the podcast in the week leading up to the, the first leg, afterwards it was this feeling of real disappointment. But again, it crept up on us because we weren't playing badly leading up to these games and indeed after the games. Um, just blips, I guess, in the, the 2022 run that we've had. I mean, this year, that is really the one blip that I think yeah, Ange Postacoglu's had. We'll be having a look through some of the reasons why it happened, but other reasons as to why it won't, it shouldn't, and it won't affect Celtic's title uh, charge this season. Um, but yes, I think when I look at the game, the first half we were really poor, and I, I don't think we were like overawed or dominated by by Rangers, but we were poor. And I spoke about it at halftime yesterday, Alan and I. Then I felt that in the second half, when we made the substitution, and I'm just checking the timings here, 56 minute double substitution, O'Reilly, Kyogo, come on. And I felt at that moment that there was uh, much, we, we were much better um, after they two came on. Kyogo tired very quickly, unfortunately. And that was a, a big issue in the, in the extra time period. And of course, we get the goal within 10 minutes. Greg Taylor, we're going to be talking all about your favourite left-back, Amy. Greg Taylor gets the goal. Um, and then, of course, just a few minutes after that, there's that chance that Carter Vickers hits the bar. And then, a few minutes after that, Rangers equalise. And that is, for me, the 15-minute, the 20-minute 15 period of the game that I felt Celtic did look as though we were going to win the game. Um, you know, one each after 90 minutes, if you'd asked me, you know, going into the the league game, the final league game against Rangers, if I'd have been happy with that, I would never be happy with it. But I'd be, I'd take it. Um, however, uh, when I look at yesterday... Um, I'm, I'm looking at that situation, I'm looking at Ross County, whether or not there's going to be a hangover from this game against Ross County, and honestly think that uh, we need to go out and win that game at Celtic Park, uh, we need to get this back on track. Um, I'm going to bring in as many comments as I possibly can, Jungle Lion, you're watching on YouTube, Ref is poor, we'll get to that, absolutely, we knew this before kick-off, too many players never showed up, no presence up top, didn't help. Now, that's the first point I'm going to cover here. Amy, you touched on it. Too many big players failed to turn up. And I've had a think about it because we mentioned it yesterday, Alan and I. And I think two of the, the most disappointing performances that we had came from um, Jota and Abada. Now, Abada had been out for five games. I don't mean out injured. He'd been out the starting lineup for five games. He's thrown in. I'm not criticising Ange here, by the way, because I said he should have started. That was the team that, that I would have picked. Um, and I would have started Kyogo instead of um, Maeda. I think that was the only the only change that I would have made. So a bad starts. I don't see anybody complaining about that. But he was pretty ineffective. Even though I felt he had the beating of Barisic. Every time he tried to go at him, he has the beating of him. Um, we tended to play down the left. But Jota, for me, the final ball wasn't there. There was a few times I felt he was selfish. There was a moment when Maeda's screaming at him. There's a moment later on when Kyogo's screaming at him. Um, and these are the two guys that I felt weren't at the races yesterday, Amy. And when you've got your your game-changing players uh, not performing like that, particularly up top where we didn't have that physicality, the presence that Jungle Lion talks about uh, due to Yakimakis being out, I think it was telling in the final third. What was your thoughts on that? We looked lightweight up top. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think yesterday more than anything just shows how imperative 
Georges Yakimakis has been recently and I think you know anyone who perhaps didn't think that it would be that big a deal um, I think their minds will be considerably changed after after yesterday it just shifts all the momentum because out of that front three I do think Maida was the best um, and I think he, he gave his all and really tried to have an impact on the game. But even then, he, he should never really have been playing through the middle. He's, he's so much more effective on the left as well. And I think that shows a little conundrum because, you know, out of the two right now, who is performing better on the left, Maeda or Jota? For me, it is Maeda. Um, I, I thought Jota was really poor decision-making yesterday. And I do agree with you kind of seeing selfish, but... In, in a tactical sense, I just think there were so many times that it was just simply the, ro- the wrong decision. I think he sometimes sees, you know, his head in the in his name, sorry, in the headlines, um, and, and with all the shining lights, and just wants to grab all the the, the splashes on the on the back pages today. Because there was just a few that you know, the, the passes on Maeda's there, as you noted later on. There's the one with Kyogo, um, and it was it was disappointing. And then I, I don't think Abada made any real mark on the game. And I was quite surprised at that because he was thrown in and he's not been, you know, in the starting lineup for a little while. But you would think then, right, this is he's going to grab this opportunity because he's hungry and he wants to then make this this position his own again, um, which he obviously had done up until um, up until I think maybe five games ago. I think it's you think you said five. He's, yeah. he's not started. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was disappointing because we do have such a, a powerful artillery up front, but it just was not really exhibited at all yesterday. No, you're right. We'll get on to the, um, that's that area of the park and the big miss that Yakamakis absolutely undoubtedly was yesterday. Stephen Sloan, welcome back to the show, Stephen. That performance was very concerning. Yesterday, we were second to every ball. We gave the ball away constantly and we got outfought all over the pitch. I think the biggest area of the park where we were outfought was up top. We kind of, for me... Uh, went through that game with a bit of a whimper. Um, centre halves for Rangers mopped it up all day long. Big, big difference to the game at Celtic Park, Amy, where we absolutely were down their throats at every opportunity. One thing I would also say when I get to the defensive element, um, I think Maeda um, gives Taylor so much support. And when Maeda went on the left-hand side um, in the second half, I felt that Taylor's performance was far, far better as a result of that. And again, that comes down to Jota. And I don't know what his figures are like with regards to the defensive uh, contribution, but going by yesterday, I don't think it's great. Uh, Maeda's defensive play is uh, really, for me, right up Angie's street. You see him coming back, tackling, winning by kicks, all this kind of stuff. And I know he's got an engine on him, Amy, but um, I I remember an early edition of Axom after Ange Postacoglu got the job. And Alan Morrison had done his research on the figures and he says that Ange likes his wingers to have that defensive mentality. Um, and that's why players like El Yunusi and Christie would have fitted really well into Ange's model. Um, we've all been bowled over by Jota. This isn't uh, an opportunity for me to, to kick him after a particularly poor performance. I still want us to buy him uh, permanently, but I thought he was poor yesterday. Does it change anything for you on that permanent move? Should we still be making all efforts to get him in? Because I think we should. Yeah, I still think you, you have to. You know, he does bring a, an awful lot of quality to to Celtic side, and you know, just a, a few performances or a few even decisions really, um, in within a game shouldn't really change that. I think what he can bring, you, you've got to you've got to look at it in a, in a positive light. Um, and you think, right, how many goals has he created in, in his time? And you need Alan Morrison for that. And, you know, not even just the direct assist or goal, but what is his general play and, you know, the assist of the assist and all these little things that um, I know a lot of people aren't really too deep into, but they, they do play heavy um, in this in that sort of scenario. So I do think he is still an imperative signing, but I think if you had to now... And probably for quite some time, if you had to choose between Carter Vickers and, and Yota, I do think you're still leaning really heavily that first off, let's get Cameron Carter Vickers in. Um, but still, I, I, I do totally agree, agree sorry, that both need to need to be brought in. Mm, definitely. Now, Todd Ferguson, I'm not sure if that is your first name, Todd, but uh, that's what appears on the screen. Bad day at the office yesterday. We now need to make sure there are no more slip-ups. I guess when we get to the section where we're talking about the margins, uh, Amy, if you're going to lose a game, yesterday was the game. 
because we need to get this league title wrapped up. It is a priority. We know that, as cliched as it sounds. And I wanted the treble. Of course I did. Um, Rick Fowler points out that we did miss the big man up top. I think that was one of the key areas. Um, there was also a wee bit of a concern that I kept hearing yesterday we're losing the midfield battle. So I was thinking about that as well. And, uh, you know, in particular for me, Callum McGregor had a a really good game yesterday and if we win that game we're absolutely glowing in praise for another great performance by the captain um, when you lose the game the, per- your, the perception changes a wee bit I thought that he was um, he wasn't scared to give you that dig in the midfield that you need when you've got a player like Lundstrom who got the man of the match um, who isn't scared to put it out a wee bit there on the park Amy you've got Callum McGregor going in like a warrior um, there was one occasion in particular where you know it was a proper 50-50 challenge. McGregor ended up in the air, but he wins the ball. He wins the challenge. Um, but I think the, the problem that Callum McGregor had yesterday is he was doing all that work, but he was also trying to do the creative side of it. Um, and often, uh, I think that the backup wasn't there for him. So he's got Hitati, who I didn't think had a bad game, uh, and Rogic, who was doubled up on quite clearly, who's then taken off. Um, but I want to talk about uh, one of the moments in the game involving Tommy Rogic. And it was when he um, he is the victim of a foul. And Bobby Madden somehow manages to give it against Tommy. I mean, it was bizarre. For me, it was the most bizarre. There was quite a few bizarre decisions, I've got to say. Uh, it was the most bizarre. It was the first minute of the second half. don't know if you remember it. And Rod- the guy's all over him. Rogic gets penalised for it and the free kick goes to Rangers. And at that point, I'm thinking to myself, we know uh, that Bobby Madden has previous. It goes right back to Tynecastle this season. Um, in the two moments of that game, although I've not watched it back for a while, Callum McGregor, where he's he's basically halved by Andy Halliday. And Abada's goal. Abada scores a perfectly good goal that night. Um, and that would have been 2 each. Chris Sutton, as I said, said that Madden was embarrassing himself. I agree with you, Chris. And he also reckons it was one of the worst performances he's seen in Scotland. Um, now, when I look at the situation, I try my best, Amy, I really do, try my best to be balanced when it comes to referees, officials. And I don't think he's a weak ref. I think there are weak refs in our league. I, I recall a moment where Willie Collum ran over um, after a shocking challenge at Ibrox, he runs over and he's faced with this wall of Rangers fans and he bottles it because what he should have done is sent the player off and he just bottles it. I don't think Madden's weak uh, in that respect. Um, but when you think you're a bit of a celebrity, and I think he does, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, appearing on Open Goal and all that kind of stuff, uh, and he goes on to Instagram at night to gloat because that's how it comes across, Amy. I mean, for me, anyway, I don't think that's me being paranoid. Um, it's up there with going for a pint with Rangers fans after the game. And I think there is a big issue. And we're running a poll here on the YouTube channel, should Celtic call it out. Do you agree with Chris Sutton? Was it the worst performance you've seen by a ref in some time in Scotland? And should Celtic call it out? I don't think it's the single worst, because I think there's just so many. Um, and I think the standard of officiating across countries is abysmal. Um, I don't think it's up there, but... But before anything else, Bobby Madden didn't lose Celtic the game yesterday. Um, and, I, and I know some will think that, but, you know, Celtic themselves lost. Um, there were a few decisions that are, you know, only Bobby Madden could make every single person watching that game in that stadium. You know, how John Lundstrom's managed to walk away without picking up a single yellow card is honestly frightening. And even for me, there's, there's two things of yesterday that just really... Epitomise really how poor Bobby Madden is. The first is that Instagram post that you just touched upon, because I think you know you're just trying to make it all about you, um, and it's it's not you're not the you're not the star of the show. You really if you've if you've done a good performance, you've put in a good refereeing performance. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows who was the referee. Nobody you know we shouldn't be talking about you today. That's when you've put in a good performance, and not even just Celtic fans, anybody across um, the, the country. And then the second one for me, even if you're you know take away all the, the fouls as in the the ridiculous lunging in the hauling back, um, Tom Rogic one, you know. Aribo's managed to basically cuddle him down to the ground. All those instances, for me, you know, Bobby Madden will, and his reports somehow managed to justify how they're not. But 
the one where Joe Hart, the by, uh, where he's trying to kick the, the ball away and John Lynch turns his back so it bounces against, that's an automatic yellow card at any level. Like It's how an automatic yellow card, if you go in with the players, um, within the, with the fans, sorry, if you take your shirt off, that's it. It's just the, it's the bread and butter. Anywhere, that is a yellow card. So you've seen it because you went over and patted his back. The card should be coming out automatic. For me, that's the one actually that grinds my goat the most because it's the simplest of laws. Like I say, it's the same if you know if you're jumping in with the fans and if you're you know taking your shirt off. Everything else you can kind of say is subjective, although they're not. He can justify their the his kind of a view that they're not a, a foul, it's not high, it's not rash, not in danger or anything like that. But how that is just, you know, it's it's the bread and butter of refereeing. So for, for me that is the the um the, the glaring one. Well you're you're spot on, although I can't remember you complaining about Yakamaka's getting his jersey off Amy, I'm just saying when you talk about Alan Morrison and Celtic by numbers, he has been running uh, an in depth feature on his webpage. So yes, it's a shameless plug for Alan's webpage, but it is so in-depth and thorough and it's as balanced as it can possibly be because what Alan's done is he has employed the expertise of an ex-referee who has got no skin in the game. I think he's a, he's from Sheffield, I think, uh, the ref, uh, to look at the moments this season, all the way through the season, um, and to, to give his take on it, um, his kind of unbiased take on these moments. Check it out, Celtic by Numbers. You can find Alan on the socials as well because it's startling um, and it goes against the feature that ran in, I think, Saturday's Herald about how Rangers would be top of the league if, it, you know, if we had VAR in this country, which is an absolute nonsense, right? And I don't think VAR's a magic wand either in this country because I think it comes down to the people um, who are operating it. It comes down to the referees we've got in this country simply not being good enough. Um, the incompetence of the top referees in this, this country is absolutely frightening. But then there's that other element. There's that other element of referees going for a pint with Rangers fans after a, a game against Celtic or going onto Instagram to gloat. And as you say, think it's all about them, Amy. They should be absolutely anonymous when it comes to these big games. Um, what I want to do as well is concentrate on what happens to Celtic now. Okay, We'd have much rather been in that Scottish Cup final against Hearts. Absolutely. It's a showcase. Um, I always think back to Scottish Cup finals in the sun. And that's you. You want to be there. Um, by the way, there's no guarantee Rangers are going to win that because uh, I think Hearts. There's a, there's a wee bit of a vibe about Hearts at the moment, uh, getting through, beating their their uh, city rivals and all that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, and yes, I, I'll put it on record. I would rather Hearts win the Scottish Cup than Rangers. Um, Martin McGarrigal, welcome to the show, sir. You're watching on YouTube. Anybody watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed to the channel, get subscribing. There's a few prizes in the offing. The first one we're going to give away at some point this week. I might do it on Thursday when JP's on. Is a big uh, gig up at the Armadillo 21st or the 20? No, it can't be the 21st. That's the Scottish Cup final. I think it's the 29th of May. <laughs> it's on the social media pages as well. And the lineup is Martin O'Neill, Chris Sutton, Jackie McNamara, Paul Lambert, and Lubo. And uh, you can win two tickets to go and see that particular event just by subscribing to a Celtic State of Mind on YouTube. So get subscribing. Concern, lack of fitness and extra time. We looked leggy, overtrained. They looked sprightly and energetic. Maybe a rest before a game like that would have been better than high-intensity training. It's a good point. We will be looking at that, Martin, later on in the show. Thanks for bringing it up. Uh, the Urban Culture, always a pleasure to see you coming into the, the comment section. Long country walk with only the sound of cattle and birds, followed by a drive with Spotify blasting out punk rock classics to end the scale there. That's me over it. Come on, the Celtic. Well, I like that. I like that way to look at it. You're over it already. We are going to probably be talking about uh, Celtic and Rangers and the game and the encounter and everything that went wrong for the best part of this week. But let's talk about the reasons why this doesn't derail Celtic's title charge. We don't become a bad side overnight. Um, I mean, I know it's a cliche, bad day at the office and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you look at what this team has done, this group of players has done 
over a period of 30-odd games. Great run, absolutely brilliant run. Um, and said yesterday, five games to become champions. That's what he said. So he's now focusing on these five games. I looked at the fixtures and I looked at Ross County and I wouldn't even call it a potential banana skin because I don't think anybody would go into that game with any level of complacency. But that is a tough, tough game up there. And I mean, Malcolm McKay, love, or, love him or loathe him, if you just base this on what he's done at Ross County. I had a Hibs fan in the studio this morning talking about McKay for Hibs. Uh, which just shows you wow. the fickleness of uh, football fans. Maloney's just in the door. But uh, tough, tough game. It doesn't derail Celtic season. You, you've seen one of the best performances of the season against St Johnston um, at the weekend there. I think what it does do, though, is it probably highlights kind of longer-term issues that we might have, that the success uh, of the last few months sometimes could mask. For example, you get an injury to Zhiranovic and Taylor, and the whole balance of that defence goes out the window. The quality in those areas drops significantly when you lose those two players. Uh, so you're maybe looking more long-term, maybe, at what we've got to do medium to long-term in terms of building the squad up a bit. Um, did that concern you with a couple of the bodies going out, just how unbalanced we looked at the back? Yeah, we looked extremely unbalanced um, when, I hate to say it, but when Tony Ralston and um, and Miles came on, I think because we speak so often, you, you know, if if it's tailored, then, it, right, okay, Juranovic will switch over and then it's Ralston coming in. But the fact that we lost them both, you know, it's just that total double whammy because Juranovic kind of, you know, he, he does, he covers both flanks. Um, so I think it, it certainly does highlight that and it, it does highlight perhaps I think how well Greg Taylor's been playing recently um, but you know just the whole dynamic of everything shifted you've got Stephen Wells having to play out of position you've got Andy Ralston actually having to play out of position as well so it's it's tough when, when that happens um, I think you know I just I don't think the bench actually I know this is this is perhaps just hindsight because I probably will have some to say to somebody yesterday you know our bench is looking great because you look at the attacking sense but and, and that's obviously what you only think that you need to be looking at. But, you know, Chris Julian is obviously miles away. Um, Stephen Welsh is in totally and utterly out of the cold. But where was near Beaton? Um, that's a good we, question. When we went 1-0 up, um, I know my, my, I wasn't with my dad actually yesterday, but um, when, when I came in for work last night and we were talking away, he was just like, why not bring Beaton on? I'm like, well, mm-hmm. isn't he actually on the bench? And he's like, you know, I, he didn't even notice because why wouldn't he have been? Because it just kind of was crying out for a bit of height, a bit of composure. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier that Cal McGregor was trying to do everything and everything and anything in that midfield because I do think Rio Hattati was a little bit of a passenger yesterday. I think that he really struggled with the occasion and I think maybe for a few weeks Hattati's just been a little bit off it. And when I say off it, it's more just off it because of how high his standards were when he first came in. And, you know, I'm going to cut so much slack to both him, Maeda, Iduguchi because they've had an unbelievable calendar year. Um, and, you know, there's... They, they've put in a, a bigger shift than, than anyone so I do think Hattati's becoming a little bit tiresome now but you know yesterday I think it was it was crying out for near Beaton and to not have him the composure that he brings the stature I think that would have honestly changed totally could have changed the game um, but yeah where was he? Listen I asked the question yesterday and um, if anyone in the comments has heard any post-match update on why he was out the team, was it an illness, was it a, a slight injury that um, he's picked up during the week? Let us know, because I think it's a great point that you make there, right? So you're looking at the midfield yesterday, pass marks for me go to Callum McGregor. Um, Hatate, I remember against St. Johnson where he's had a strike early doors, then he opens the scoring, and you're thinking he needed that goal because he needs a performance at that point. So we're going into Ross County and... I asked myself, well, if you bring in somebody like, well, what's the options? James McCarthy, near Beaton. Idiguchi's on the bench yesterday. But we've not seen enough of him, actually. Yeah. So yeah. it's difficult for me to say, you know, where he ranks here. So I would say Beaton's your first, then it's McCarthy on the bench, but Beaton's missing at the minute. So if you are to bring out Hatati, do you look at bringing in your typical number six. And I know a lot of people say, well, we shouldn't have to play with a defensive midfielder domestically for most of the games. And I agree with that to a degree. But Beaton, 
for me, would be your first port of call because McCarthy hasn't played enough and I don't think he's imposed himself enough in the games that he has played. Um, Idiguchi, we haven't seen enough of him. Sorrow's miles off uh, you know, the radar, if you like. So it would be Beaton. So if you were going to change Hitati, um in the, in the games at any point, it's Beaton you're looking at. So we need to know what his condition is. And I think that also allows McGregor to concentrate on what I call a number eight role which is um, different from the number six. And then your, your number 10, it's Rogic or O'Reilly. We'll get into that as well, because I think after yesterday's performance, following up O'Reilly's performance against St. Johnson, he will have a big argument as well to suggest that he should be starting the games um, going into Ross County. Now, Kaplan Mark, long-time viewer of Axel, welcome to the show. Outfought and looked off the pace. But really about time the club was much more aggressive regarding the standard of the referee's performance. It's a good point, and it's one I agree with. We've got a poll running at the moment. I'm just going to flip over to the YouTube channel. And uh, we've got, it's going up rapidly. Um, over 300 votes on that at the moment. 69% reckon, yes, Celtic should call out the performance of the referee. We know that it's happened this season already. We know that certain referees have been called out and then not refereed the games of the club calling them out for some time, Amy. It's not tit for tat. We look after ourselves. Um, when we look at yesterday then, and we try and put these things into perspective, the league is the priority. I mean, last season, St. Johnson won two cups, right? And I think when you look at... They had a particularly good season, right? But when you look at the season that they've had this year, it shows the cup-winning process can be done but not necessarily by the best teams, right? And I'm not judging St. Johnston on the performances this season. They did very well last year. Celtic need to win this league. And we're in a position where that is something it's something that only we can undo. We've put ourselves in a, a very enviable position. Rangers are still in Europe. They've got another couple of games. Um, and also there's a point earlier on that Jungle Lion makes that uh, Hearts are in the cup final. We play Hearts on the last day. Imagine it comes down to... No, we don't. Second last game. Imagine it's coming down to the nitty gritty and Hearts have to play um, a shadow side because they're looking after their Scottish Cup. You know, So there's all these things to take into account. Ange Postacoglu always impressed with these kind of post-match musings, um, never gets overly excited, shouts people down when they need to be shouted down, puts them in their place, Amy, and I'm sure you'll um, be in a situation in the future where you're speaking to Ange after a game mm -hmm. and you'll think back to this moment uh, because I don't envy anybody who has to speak to an angry Ange Postacoglu. I have seen, however... Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Both on social media, and I try and avoid it after a defeat, by the way, but I had a wee peek uh, this morning. Social media and on some of the comments on our YouTube videos, Ange coming in for a bit of stick after yesterday but I can't remember Amy many people complaining about his team selection surely yesterday was on the players what's your thoughts on that could he have done anything differently either pre-match or in-match I think the only one you know pre-match people were saying um, what I saw was obviously surrounds in Kyogo but you know that his him not starting was totally justified because as we said I think he, he tired really easily and, and that's obviously why he didn't start so I don't think you can really blame Ange um, I think he played probably his what he believed was his strongest side the only one for me and it is it's so tit for tat right now is O'Reilly and Rogic I think no matter who it was or you know Rogic was was uh, marked by, by two men at all times I think O'Reilly would have been exactly the same if he started because they are both equally just so good Um I don't think you could really argue anything else because, you know, Maida 
really had to play through the middle because we didn't have any other striker other than Kyogo. Um, but I, I do think Maida out left was much stronger. But you know, you, you're not going to play a badder through the middle then because that doesn't really work either. You're trying to keep as many players in their best position, and you know, you're thinking, right, Maida can still do a shift through the middle, which he absolutely can. Um, it's just proves that down the left he is actually a little bit more effective. But no, there weren't too many, you know, claims of of a, a poor lineup, anything like that. You know, we looked at the Rangers lineup as well, um, and still felt that Celtic had more than enough. And looking at the bench, I still think that Celtic had a stronger, a much stronger bench than than what Rangers did. I was caught, you know, when when Davison um, and our field came on, you're like, well, we're managing to bring on Kyogo and O'Reilly. Look at that, but their substitutions worked well. Um, in a totally different way to what Celtics did. I think O'Reilly certainly, when he first came on, really injected something and really looked up for it. But I think he also just kind of got a little bit lost in the game. But by that time, I think, you know, he's there's only then, he's almost the only fit man, really, because the rest are all out on, dead on their feet. So there's not an awful lot more he can do. I don't think there's that much, you know, that you can pin to Ange Postacoglu because it was, he was totally justified in not starting Kyogo. Can you imagine if you know he did and then by half time he was totally out on his feet because he um yeah he he was struggling not to probably just actually before extra time I would say I think he was starting to look a little bit leggy and then throughout extra time, you know, I just think he um yeah it was almost just a little bit too too rushed for him. This is the thing. Um we've already heard criticism of Ange Postecoglou for rushing Kyogo back. I mean, he came back and won as a League Cup. You know, you can't say it was a, a complete disaster. It, it did result in four months out, of course. If he does it again yesterday, I mean, Ange Postecoglou knows how much minutes he can get out of Kyogo. I think that the change that was made in the second half was to win us the game. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody envisaged extra time at that moment. And for a spell, like I said before, for about 15, 20 minutes, it looked as though it worked, Amy. So there was an upsurge in our performance when O'Reilly and Kyogo comes in. We get the goal, we almost get a second goal, but then we get that sucker punch. And I think John Sweeney makes a very good point here. Their three subs won the game in Arfield, Davis and Sakala, and our three subs, Kyogo, Forrest and Welsh, haven't kicked the ball in months. And that's where, again, I find it sometimes quite difficult to, to be overly critical of somebody like Stephen Welsh yesterday. Because I've seen some criticism, right? I've seen the usual, he's never going to be a Celtic player, he's not good enough. I've seen people writing off Forrest after yesterday's finished at this level. I've heard these criticisms, Amy. And I understand it because, see, after the game, you're emotionally charged and, you know, they haven't had good games. I mean, Welsh gives away the free kick and by the time Rangers break, Welsh and Forrest are struggling to get back into position, were stretched and they uh, capitalised on that and they scored the winning goal. But you've got to then say, well, Welsh has been out in the cold. He's not even been in the squads um, in recent times. Forrest is just back from injury again. Uh, and likewise with Kyogo, I think we brought him and O'Reilly on to win the game. Um, could, he, could he manage 35 minutes? Probably. Did we expect him to play 55? I don't think so. Or 65 after extra time? I don't think so. So, yeah, the subs seemed on paper to be stronger but Rangers subs did actually make a big difference, whereas ours didn't. And in particular, uh, the substitutions, the changes that we made, I think, in extra time, you know, they, they basically disappeared without a, a whimper. They didn't make any real impact. David Turnbull, I'm going to have to throw that into the mix. James Forrest, Stephen Welsh, these guys didn't make a big impact. And I know that Welsh, he's been put on, out of position. I'm a big fan. Stephen Welsh, I do believe that long term he does have a future at Celtic. I think Ange also agrees with that because we could have offloaded him in January to Udinese. Um, but it also shows how far away Chris Julian is. Imagine a fit Chris Julian. And by the way, he should be fit by now. You know, he played against Wraith Rovers, that was months ago. Um, you know, that would have been great to be able to freshen that up at the back. And a big concern for me though, talking about presence... Isn't it a concern that we've only got one striker at the club with any physicality? You know, what other strikers do we have, right? Like you say, you can play Maeda through the middle as we did. Even Kyogo doesn't have the physicality. Abada doesn't have it if you're playing him through the middle. Yakamakis has it in abundance. The other strikers are Jetty. He doesn't have it. So the only striker we have at the club with any physical presence is Yakamakis. So um, 
a big issue, but more of a long-term one when we're looking at the squad. When we look at the, the shape of the defence, I don't think we can go through today's bulletin without talking about Taylor. Um, at some points this season, I've said that you know Juranovic is a better left-back. I think when Ralston came on yesterday, he looks as though he's ring rusty. He looks as though he's not been playing a lot of games. Uh, I think he was glad when he was moved to left-back because he was getting a bit of torrid time from um, your man Kent um, doing the left-hand side. And I like Ralston as well. I think he's had an incredible season. But he was off it. He, he didn't hit the ground running, did he, Amy? And it showed you again that Greg Taylor is the best left-back we've got. But if he drops out or if he gets injured, we're struggling. And I, and I think that showed yesterday and we end up having to play some out of position. Stephen Welsh is playing right back as well. Um, but up to that point, Taylor, he enjoyed his goal, didn't he? Um, he gets a lot of stick, came enough from you. Uh, and I thought that him and Maeda are a better partnership down the left-hand side. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, I was actually just lost just thinking about his celebration there and, and forgot that I need to talk. Um, he's given all this. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was brilliant. Um, and, you know, that meant so much to him. And I just think it was kind of a, a sign because, you know, you can try and block out the noise all you want, but it's really hard for, for any player now um, to, you know, hide away from social media. I'll be more than aware that kind of... The, the comments from the, the fans and the stands towards him sometime but no I think he um, I think he actually plays better when Maid does in front of him as well I think as we've kind of touched upon he has that extra bit of cover defensively I think they link up really well when Taylor's going forward and I just think it was um, yeah I just think it brings out the, the better in Taylor but going back to you know who's his replacement then we're, we're talking about you know Liam Scales um you know these these guys are they've been brought in, um, and it's just it's nowhere. So we kind of talk about you know what actually needs to be strengthened in the summer, and I think maybe that's actually what yesterday proved as well that we are actually still quite a, a fair bit away. The squads maybe not as full as we really thought it was. Maybe it was under the impression that it was, um, and that yeah, a, a, a big bit of recruitment is actually needed. You know, another striker is absolutely paramount because. Where is a Yeti at all? You know, like, and it's a it's a semi final Scottish Cup. You can you can name a ridiculous amount of subs now. Um, you know, it's not like back in the day you could only name four or five and whatnot. But or even know, further back in the day where you could name two. Amy, <laughs> there come you on. Go. Um, but you know, there's not even any kind of sign of. I understand the um, the it's tough because lonely season's just ended as well. So the B players have all played, you know, that the five game malarkey like that's it's just not easy. But there's not even that mental young name, you know, the Tony Watt back in the day, Jack H is and anything like that. There's not even that surprise inclusion of an extra striker because, you know, if we when do you go really go into a semi final actually that you're only naming one striker on the bench? Um, so I think it is highlighting as well that, you know, we're probably going to need another left back. Right back, I do think you're OK with Juranovic and then Ralston, I really do. Um, but maybe that's just me. But you're you're looking around now um, and I think it, yesterday, I don't want to say reality check. I know a lot of people have said that, but I just think it's maybe been an eye-opener that we're... We are still very much in a in a rebuild, and this is still a remarkable season. And I think Kevin Graham hit the nail on the head yesterday that you know if we were in if you were given this position at the start of the season, if you were given this position six seven months ago, you'd have bit anyone's hand off at it. You know, league cup in the bag and in the, the title um, nearing, not complete obviously, but nearing. Um, imagine this time last year, you would say that Celtic are going to win the double next year. I know, I know. All you have to do, Amy, is go back to some of the early episodes that we had there was one in particular where Colin and I looked through the squad as it stood in the summer and we tried to um, you know second guess the ins and outs and at the time it sounded ridiculous we were talking about a whole team worth of players leaving the club and coming in and it did it sounded absolutely ridiculous but it turns out you know that's the kind of figures we've been talking about uh, over two transfer windows and I think it's a good point what yesterday's done is it's shone a light on the fact that you know a couple of injuries a couple of players off for them and then the backups begin to struggle the balance the, the quality uh, drops quite significantly in some areas of the park I agree with you on the right right hand side of defence although Ralston didn't do great when he came on 
I'm happy with him as a second choice behind Juranovic. You've also got Welsh as the third choice playing on the right-hand side, which he did do um, earlier in his career, particularly in a loan spell when he was out at Morton. It's not ideal, but you're talking third choices here. But on the left, you lose Taylor and you have nothing. You've really got nothing. You're playing Tony Ralston out of position. Scales is nowhere to be seen. Ball and golly will never kick a ball for Celtic again. Um, it's, a, it's a bit like that at the moment with the centre-halves. You lose Starfelt or Carter Vickers. Your first choice after that is Stephen Welsh. Then you're looking at Chris Julian or near Beaton. So we're very thin in, in various areas of the park. And I would even argue that, you know, up top, when it's working well, absolutely tremendous. But the minute you lose your um, your central striker, you're struggling. I mean, we had to play Joey Dawson in December. And that, that was the exact same reason. Same with the wings. We've had to play Owen Muffet. We've had to play Mikey Johnson. So there's areas of the park that I think um, come transfer window three, Amy, we could see quite a lot of moves in and out as well. What did you think of the the comment during the game regularly that we, we uh, lost the midfield battle? Do you agree with that? Do you think we did lose the midfield battle yesterday? Um, I, I don't know. It's a tough question. Um, I don't think we were at our best, but I don't think Rangers were really at their best in the midfield either. I think... It's, it's hard when you've got two men around Tom Rogic, you know. What, what is he supposed to do? And he's not getting any kind of support, really, from the referee in that sense. And I'm not trying to, um, you know, blame Bobby Madden in any way. I'm really, really trying not to. But you're needing a little bit of protection, a little bit of support. We said it before uh, earlier on in the season that should, um, you know, creative players have that little bit extra protection. And I'm not saying anything extra, but Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more should really just you know you're wanting the 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 best players to be able to play play their game play their style so i guess you could say we, we probably did um but i think it was we were yeah we were outweighed because i, I wasn't really impressed with hatati at all um and i think he was mcgregor was having to cover for him a lot which meant that mcgregor wasn't really getting to you know do his thing, wasn't able to, to press forward as much because even when he's still playing in that defensive kind of midfield role, Callum McGregor's still such a threat going forward. It's um, it's, it's remarkable, really. But I think we, we probably did. Um, and not really... Yeah, not really inflicting any of the the composure in the midfield that, that I think Celtic really do. You know, we, we spoke about it last week when we were talking about the the forty six goal, uh, forty six pass goal, and that you know usually you can get seven eight passes between um, just the midfield and or Callum McGregor and Carter Vickers. That just was not happening yesterday. And again, then yeah, because you know Lundstrom was right on top of McGregor or Aribo was was there thereabouts, and as I say, two men around Tom Rogic at, at every opportunity. So. Um, I, I, I think, yeah, I think that's probably a, a, a fair enough thing to say. Yeah, and McGregor, of course, he was uh, trying to get involved in a taxi. He gets the assist for the Greg Taylor goal as well. The Urban Culture, why would a referee go near social media after a Glasgow derby? He was at it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not about the ref. It shouldn't be about the ref, but he tried to make it about him and uh, Jungle Lion in a few years time Madden will be doing the circuit and yesterday will be top of his speech and they'll lap it up instead of calling it out well 
it happens. There's one advertised on social media this week, um, one of these events, these speakers' events, where it's an ex-Rangers player and an ex-referee. So, yes, I'm pretty sure that'll be part of the pension plan. Kevin Reynolds, it was a concerning performance. However, after the job Ange and the players have done under adversity this season, I still have absolute faith we will be champions, Kevin Thank you for the positivity. That is the way I'm looking at this. Barring an absolute disaster, Celtic will still win this league is the way I'm looking at it. Um, and I think that, yeah... Aye, I can't read that one out. Sometimes something catches my eye, but then I read the full, the full message and I can't read it out, probably for legal reasons, but thanks anyway for your input. Um, when we look at the, the attacking options again, or, or, or lack of, and we look ahead to the Ross County game, um, how do we deal with it? Because, I mean... I'm looking at if it's on a performance by performance basis. Matt O'Reilly starts uh, in the midfield for me. He starts in the midfield. Um, if Atati drops out, and we don't have beat on. Who do you play? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know if Turnbull's ready. I don't know if it would be a good idea anyway because of the type of player he is. Uh, that snuffs out McGregor's kind of attacking um, options. Uh, Idiguchi's not ready. McCarthy hasn't done much. But in an attacking sense, then what do we do then? going into the Ross County game because again they're going to be very physical at the back Amy we don't have big Yakamakis to rough them up um, perhaps we do um, hopefully the big man is back but how, how are you looking at this lineup for the Ross County game away from home and uh, what changes would you make based on the last couple of weeks it's um, yeah it's going to be tough right now because you're thinking right how severe are injuries um, what not you don't know you know is Juranovic going to be a, a few a few games it is Taylor a few games I'm glad I kind of well I'm, I'm hoping that Carter Vickers is just cramp um, you know because there was at one stage well there was it was for quite a, a prolonged period actually towards the the end of extra time that he was you know he was dead on his feet and I just couldn't believe that he just kept passing it to him I was like my God the guy is literally limping around the park please just do not pass to him um so if you're hoping they're back but up front um it's, it's really tricky because you're wanting you know you're, you're wanting Maeda on the left I think um you're, you're wanting Yakimakis through the middle you can certainly hope um that that he is I think you're right I think it is going to be Matt O'Reilly I think he's more than proved himself in recent weeks um, really since he's signed and actually that he's even more than met as a start you know if anyone other than, than Tom Rogic he, w- he would be in the starting lineup week in week out and uh, you know Andrew has tried to play them both it hasn't worked out but I, I, you've got to give him credit that he has tried Um but yeah, I do think it has to be a rally. I think he'll probably feel a little bit hard done by the fact after his brace against St Johnston that he didn't start yesterday. Um, but again, you can't really fault Andrew Postacoglu because can you imagine if he didn't and people would be saying, you know, well, just think what Tom Rogic can do against Rangers. He's a big game player and all of that. But um, it just quite simply wasn't to be. Again, Abada, don't know how bad that injury is. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be a tricky few days trying to predict anything. You've just got to hope that something will eventually transpire and we'll get a little bit light shed if Beton's fit I think you do play him in anything else just because you know I do think Hatati needs a little rest I think then you're you're really bringing in bringing in Beton is defensive enough but you're allowing Callum McGregor to be then that creative outlet so just that one player can impact so much and that, that's what we, we spoke about so often and, and that's really what Beton can do I think him and McGregor actually do have a great partnership as well I think they link up really well so it's going to be a lot of F-butts and maybes, um, and I'll see who's the, the wounded soldiers today. Yes, and it will all come down to who comes back, because you could get beat on and Yakamakis back in, but we might be you know, dealing with another couple of injuries. Juranovic, you could you could actually hear him screaming when he went down. Yeah. He was right next to the mic. Um, Taylor's obviously gone off. You've had um, Abada going off. You know How fit is Jamesy Forrest? Um, all of these questions I'm sure will be asked at the next press conference before the Ross County game. Sometimes these questions are asked two or three times in the same press conference. Mm-hmm. Amy. Um, Danielle, welcome back to the show. We lacked physicality in the midfield. They know they can't outplay us. So they bullied and bruised us and the ref let it happen. Yes, they did. And um, I think Yakimakis up top is a bully and I like that about him but do we have that in the midfield um, sometimes it's not as simple as that but yesterday it was pretty obvious I think you know McGregor done as much as he possibly could but you look at Hatati and, and Rogic they're not that type of player um, and it couldn't all be on the, the shoulders of one individual I thought 
you know, with Ramsey going off in the first half and uh, as well that, you know, that would have played into our hands didn't really make a difference to Rangers. I don't think he's made a, much of a difference to Rangers since he's come in. Ryan Blue, 40 million and will still take 6-0 beatings in Europe. The reason I brought that one up is because we often talk about European qualification with the caveat of the financial incentive. Um, and, you know, that's probably happened over years of being underachievers in Europe, you know. And I think that the club certainly never challenges it because they're quite happy. To, you know, you've just got to look at Bankier's latest statement on, on Champions League. He's talking about how important the money is, but we can't compete with the teams. You know, and as a Celtic fan, you think, wow, look at our European pedigree. Um, and your aspiration should match, at some point, that of the shareholders stroke fans. And um, I just never, ever get that from those in charge at the club. But we have ha- heard a number of times Ange talking about his ambitions in Europe. And I, I as a football fan, as, as a Celtic fan, I don't want to get into the Champions League to get hammered 6 nothing from anybody. And I don't want to just get into the Champions League for the money. The money is important, of course it is. But that can't be your sole reason for getting in there, Amy. And I think that yesterday again, if we want to approach the Champions League endeavours next season with any kind of ambition, we really need to get a lot of these holes filled in. And I think that I've mentioned maybe half a dozen players who, for me, are not contributing to Celtic at all. You've just got to get rid of them um, in any way, shape or form, be that loan deals, uh, permanent deals would, would be preferable. Get them off the wage bill and bring in the same amount of players. But these six that come in have got to be pushing for a first-team jersey. It can't be an Ajeti or a Bolling Golly. Um, you know, Barkas, these guys are nowhere near. Sorrow, he's, they're nowhere near the first team. We've named 22 players yesterday, Amy. If there's any kind of message to the guys that didn't make it, is you're nowhere near this team. But they're all making big money. And I think that if we go into the Champions League having offloaded the half dozen or so, but brought in another half dozen, and for me, Cat Vickers and Jota are the first two of that six player, um, you know, facelift then we might look towards going into the Champions League without having that um, kind of fear of a 6 nothing drubbing if we come up against one of the big guns. What's your take on our European aspirations? Do we even know as a club what they are? Oh. Is it just about the forty million bounty? Right. Well, that, that's a totally different question. What my ambitions are, and, and what are the what are the clubs? Um, you know, I think we have every right to have you know better and greater European ambitions than, than what's really been on show recently. Um, and I know some won't like to say it, but you know you have to. You, if you're looking at Rangers and they're in the Europa League semi final, you know, going off the basis of this season, our, our European ventures, you know, we're, we're miles away from that, and, and we really shouldn't be. You know, squads. You look at we we, we do. You have to you have to compare to your your, your greatest rivals. You, you just you do, especially when it is in a division like this, where you know it is um, very much Celtic or Rangers, and you know it's not they don't have you know, an unbelievable squad compared to, to Celtic. Um, and, you know, if, if they're able to do that, and and I know there's, there is the caveat that, right, they beat Borussia Dortmund, I appreciate that. It wasn't the greatest Dortmund side um, of the last few years, and even this season they actually caught them in quite a, a bad spell. And I do think that it'll be a struggle um, against RB Leipzig. Um, I've, I've quite enjoyed their... Um, I don't know if you remember the commentator, Derek Ray, um, used to be over here um, for, for BT. He's now ESPN um, for the German Bundesliga. And if you want to know anything about German Bundesliga, honestly, his coverage is is, is, um, is really, really decent. Um, and he's, he's really, really knowledgeable. And getting to chat with him, it's been really quite enlightening, actually, that, you know, just because we're likes that got on the table and, and whatnot... Um, we are um, kind kind of the challenge that actually Leipzig are going to be in comparison to to, to Dortmund. But yeah, we have to have those kind of aspirations that that the Rangers are really achieving right now. I am more than happy that if Celtic wrap up this league, and I know there's a lot of going. What would you take? Would you take this or that? 
Um, but you know, for me, I, I was I was far too young for Seville. Um, I was one. I've never seen Celtic go on any kind of European exploit other than um, Lennon twenty thirteen. You know, and then we're talking about Hammonds getting hammered by Juventus in the Champions League. Um, but other than that, I would love to see something even at any kind of level, just Celtic going on quite a run. And I don't think that that's anything too bad or, or um, you know, large to ask. I think that is what Celtic should be aspiring to. And because we, we've kind of maybe hid behind the, 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 the mask for so long saying, well, we don't have the money of, you know, the English leagues now, the Spanish leagues, Italian leagues and all, all of that. But then you're like, well, Rangers are in the final four of the second tier. You know, it's not even this conference league that we got, hammered out of um, it's the Europa League which is still a very well respected it's very well respected it's very well respected when Celtic played in it and now you look at the teams that are even in it now it's crazy the this, the calibre of um, teams that are in it um, so I think we, we should have greater aspirations and we should be able to certainly match what, what Rangers are, are able to do yeah it's a good point a lot of people don't like to hear that Amy but they have indeed shown what can be done. And I think my biggest frustration with Celtic in Europe is we underperform. We're nowhere near the level we should be at. Now, I don't expect Celtic to win the Champions League. Um, absolutely not. But we've been nowhere near what we should be achieving. And that's not just a couple of seasons. You know, that, that's been over a decade uh, of under... But I mean, when, when you think of Seville, 2003, it's almost 20 years ago, you know, and yes, we've had last 16 appearances in the Champions League. Um, great performances by teams, um, maybe in one-off games um, as well. But in terms of where we are domestically at the moment and where we should be uh, on a European level, I just think that it needs to be there needs to be a clarity um, in terms of the aspirations. And I think that it's always refreshing to hear Ange talking about European football. He's planning ahead to that moment but again if we want to do that we really need to get rid of the deadwood from that squad those guys that weren't in the the loving uh, named on the bench and maybe one or two even who were um, and then the the real quality that Ange has already brought into to Celtic you just need to look at the quality brought in in the January transfer window we know what uh, Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers can do you bring them in they don't need to bed in they'll hit the ground running they're part of the squad already um, and then we supplement that and complement that with another four or five players of the same ilk. And we can do it because financially we can do it. Um, one of the things we've been hearing about, obviously taking from Angie's uh, mic'd up training session is we don't stop, we never stop. Love it. Absolutely love that mentality. But we did stop yesterday. Fitness wasn't great. Was that a big concern for you? I mean, we were outran. They ended up stronger than us, uh, by the end of the 120 minutes, and they had already played 120 minutes from Thursday night. Was that a big concern for you, Amy? Yeah, I think we looked like the team that had went 120 minutes on Thursday night. I um, I think a lot, including ourselves, certainly said that, you know, probably Rangers would be leggy and they would be tired. Not a single Rangers player shown that. Um, you know, you're looking at Ryan Kent still in the 120th minute. Um, fair enough, Carter Vickers wasn't... Um, I think my grand was maybe a little bit quicker than him by that point. But, um, you know, Kent is still going at a ridiculous speed um, and, and still giving it all. And, yeah, I do think that we we looked the, the much unfitter um, and, you know, watched Thursday night and I was absolutely delighted when it went to extra time because you thought, wow, come on, they're, they're, they're going to have to simply be leggy. But not a single player looked at it. Um, and I, I do really believe that we... Um, yeah, we looked like the, the side that had went 120 and, and had a really tough night on Thursday. You would never have thought that we've had that long a break. And it was, um, yeah, it was quite alarming, I would say, because like you say, you say we don't stop. But um, yeah, there was certainly yeah a lot of stopping yesterday. There is. Cameron Carter-Vickers, yeah, he is the priority for me, Joe. Um, I think yesterday I felt sorry for him. I mean, there was a moment where Rangers had like, a treble of chances in the six-yard box, which eventually went over Joe Hart's bar. And Carter Vickers has thrown himself to make sure that they don't score. Um, he's thrown himself in front of players and shots. Um, he, he's For me, he's been an absolutely brilliant defender for Celtic. 
Um, he's got that partnership not only with Starfield but also with Joe Hart that I think has been kind of the bedrock of our success this season. And the margins, the absolute margins yesterday come down to Carter Vickers striking that ball off the bar because if it goes in, we win the game. You know, it was a few minutes after we'd gone ahead. Rangers got the parking score afterwards and the momentum swings. So, yeah, Carter Vickers is absolutely a priority. And I think in recent times, we've probably found it harder to find a reliable centre-half than we have yeah. done uh, a flair winger. Um, but I want them both. I think that they could both be a big part of Angie's plans going forward. And yes, absolutely. Um, thanks, everybody, for your contributions. That was excellent today. Thanks for getting involved in the comments section. Like I said before, get subscribing on the YouTube channel. We're working on lots of content. And just by subscribing, you get thrown into uh, prize draws. Uh, so two tickets to the Armadillo to see Celtic Legends uh, in one of these Q&As. There's no ex-referees at this one. Um, and all that's left for me to say is thank you, Amy Canavan, for joining me once again on A Celtic State of Mind. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.